0: To another episode of the Game Time podcast. Again, it's two. It's just two of us. It's me and Tim. <laughs> you sound so thrilled at that. <laughs> I'm, I I missed the camaraderie of four. With no, thank you very much for, for coming on, Tim. Um, how you doing? I am good. How are you? Yeah, very good, very good. It's been two days off in a row for me, so groggy is a word that um that I'm using. I got I'm ill. Yes and a little bit I got all of my errands done in one day and I should have really spread it over two days cuz
1: yeah just oh well spent the day got a podcast to do now
0: yes spent the day looking at memes and we'll we'll kick it we'll kick it off uh, obviously this pod will we'll have a look a little bit look at the, uh, the England game that's coming up as we record it's tomorrow but as you listen to this it will be today uh, England versus the Czech Republic but we'll kick it off with the biggest sporting news from this week it was only ever going to be one thing wasn't it it was Rebecca Vardy's account <laughs> it was Rebecca Vardy's account with and I counted it for very specific reasons 10 10 ellipses that ellipses was made up <laughs> 10 full stops
1: uh, it was each each full stop is for um each beat of the EastEnders theme tune <laughs> duh, 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 duh. I don't actually know if it matches up but it was that <laughs> dramatic
0: it was um yeah, it's, for people who might not know... Uh, oh, everybody knows. It's been everywhere. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just... For people that might not know, and for the eight people that listen to this podcast who might not have found it, uh, obviously it was that Colleen Rooney didn't say that it was Rebecca Vardy, but has, has stated that Rebecca Vardy's account has been potentially leaking fake stories that she wrote, and real stories from the past, to uh, the Sun
1: newspaper. It was a great day to be off yesterday. I was just (laughs) following it. It came out of nowhere. I think like, I mean, I know a lot lot of listeners are from the US, I think, and they might not be aware of this. So like Colleen Rooney, Wayne Rooney's wife, and like Rebecca Vardy, Jamie Vardy's wife, like have properly gone at it now. So like she, Colleen Rooney banned everyone from her private Instagram bar Rebecca Vardy's account. And then the, the fake story that she was posting made, still made their way to, is it the Sun? Yeah. Um, still made their way on there. And Rebecca Vardy's account was the only place they could see it. And it's like, uh, it's, it's United Twitter on all fronts. It's like, I saw a picture the other day, United football Twitter, um, like 2001 to 2007 celebrity gossip Twitter. <laughs> and like dramatic overreaction, Twitter plus memes all together over this one thing is absolutely hilarious, and it's like nobody saw it coming. It was absolutely brilliant because I remember these stories going out on the in the sun, being like, you know, mansion, their Rooney mansion being flooded, and and all this crap. And we think, all oh, right, this is a bit odd or whatever. And then it turns out that it was all like a sting, all <laughs> made by Wayne Rooney's wife. The only thing I could wish for now is if Wayne Rooney and Jamie Vardy somehow played each other in some match, but like that won't happen because Rooney plays in the US and Jamie Vardy plays for Leicester, and they both play for England. And there's no scenario in which they will play against each other, bar some really ridiculous friendly. And I want that to happen so badly. I think we should start a crowdfunding uh, campaign for it to happen.
0: Well, you say that they can't play each other, but obviously Wayne Rooney in January will be coming player coach at Derby County. Oh shit! Yeah. So uh, if someone. Somewhere has any ability to fix, please fix Leicester versus Derby County because that would be
1: it's the, one, the one sort of match fixing thing that no one would ever complain about. Jamie people- Vardy versus Wayne
0: Rooney. Some of the memes that have come out of this have been absolutely uh, people are calling on Twitter, people are calling uh, Colleen Rooney Wagatha Christie, which <laughs> so is lovely. Is- is one of my favourite names and I never thought I'd start this podcast off by talking about Rebecca Vardy and uh, Wayne Rooney's wife Colleen. but it's just some of the memes that have come out of this weekend have been absolutely stunning and there's loads of Scooby-Doo memes where they like um, they like unmask someone Uh, (laughs) Rebecca Vardy's face and then this is the favourite one Uh, so The Sun literally like maybe like two or three hours after it happened posted a story online um, saying that Colleen was really upset, and so was Rebecca over the phone. And it said, like, oh, an insider told The Sun that Becky was really upset and pleaded. And everyone's like, hmm, I wonder who this insider could be. It's just a course of someone at The Sun being like,
1: I'm so sad that this has happened. <laughs> oh, it is it's um, so
0: funny. Just what uh, her Colleen's uh, Wikipedia page has also been updated. It says uh, it Colleen, has... Mar- Colleen Mary Rooney is an English television personality and amateur detective detective. Going, by, <laughs> detective going by the name of Wagatha Christie the
1: top trending hashtag in the country now
0: oh yeah it's 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 unbelievable and it's it's fantastic dedication and I wasn't going to say dedication to your craft but she's not a detective so it's fantastic dedication to a craft because that that level well, of determination and that level of uh longevity to st- to stick that out is absolutely stunning. I mean, I think she should look at a career change now. <laughs> Admittedly, I don't,
1: know what, I don't know what her career is other than being married to Wayne Rooney. So uh, that presumably yeah, means divorcing Rooney to become a detective. But, like, um, <laughs> she's done incredible work. And she did say, and I think that it was really difficult for her to, like, keep posting these stories and not sort of say anything about them. But, like, I think everyone can applaud her, her ability and her, like, deception. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's it's top notch. And and we do stress it is again, allegedly, because we don't, we don't know the truth and it hasn't come out yet. But my favourite thing about it all, not all the memes, not all things, is just how quickly the sun went back to delete all of the stories that they posted. Oh, it's, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what, what happens with that one. But um, yeah, just a very interesting start to the podcast this week. But we both felt that that was,
1: uh, that was just... <laughs> screw the actual football news, that tops it.
0: It was loosely enough <laughs> linked to football that we wanted to talk about it. And if you've learned anything about listening to this podcast over the last two years, it's that if it has a loose link to football, or if it doesn't, we'll still talk about it. <laughs> uh... we, do, we do love to... Uh, we do love to go off-piste. Right, let's let's bring it back on-piste. Uh, Euro 2020 qualifiers are happening. Um As I said, we are recording this at the time that Scotland are playing and Wales are playing. Um So Northern Ireland as well. So if we don't mention those scores, it's not because we don't want to mention the scores, it's because they're currently happening at the time. We don't and know them yet. We, de- we don't know, so if... If Northern Ireland absolutely hammer the Netherlands, and if Scotland lose to Russia, then we won't know about it. Uh, so we'll we'll talk about the England game because that's uh, that's something that we can talk about. They take on Czech Republic away from home, the first verse second in the group. How do you think things are going to fare? England by by all intents and purposes look clear favourites to top this group or won all four games.
1: Um, what do you think will happen on Friday night? I mean, I can't really say the Czech Republic are going to win, can I? I yeah, think that's I mean, really you, you can. <laughs> blasphemous. I mean, I think we've all been surprised by the Czech Republic a bit because they don't look very good on paper. Like, their team isn't great, but somehow they've managed to, to fork out some very odd wins and managed to find themselves second. But um, even, you know, away from home, I think uh, England probably will be too strong. Before we actually get into the football side I think it's been very. Um, sort of really positive thing that's come out of this at the moment on the lead up to the match is um, uh, on Twitter, Tammy Abraham has said and backed up by Harry Kane that if they hear any sort of uh, racist abuse on the match, they'll get together, have a chat and walk off the pitch, which I think was absolutely sort of like a brilliant thing to say because they're, they're, you know, they're saying it before the match starts. It's like a warning and if they do hear it, they'll decide and we'll just walk off the pitch and not play. It's a warning to fans and um, UEFA to just Mm -hmm. say, um like you know this is unacceptable and we will just boycott the match if it happens, which is a really good thing and the fact that it's a team decision. But um like I think England have the quality to, to you know not even struggle in this match. Um I think it's the one of the best sort of crops of players England have had in a long time. Um, especially the, the amount of youth players um and there's so much potential in this team. I think Everyone's been talking recently about, um, with sort of the cases of Man United and Chelsea, but everyone about how you need to integrate younger players with experience in teams, and whether United haven't done that very well or Chelsea are doing it quite well. Um, but England, I think, have the perfect setup to incorporate these younger players that are doing really well with the experience of players like Harry Kane, Raheem Sterling. Even though he's still quite young, he's got the experience that, you know of a professional footballer that like, people don't have at that age um even Rashford who's a bit more experienced yeah, he's not having the greatest time at United but like there's these players Jordan Henderson that have got so much experience for England with these young players only having played you know making a debut or making only making a few caps um that can really learn from these guys and I think they have such like it's so so promising in this England team and I think um I do hope a lot of like these sort of debutants do get uh either starts or uh, minutes in this game because I think it could be really beneficial for them so you know I think Tammy Abraham deserves to be probably starting on form to be honest like he's he, you know he's joint top scorer in the Premier League Um I'd love to see Sancho get some more minutes alongside Sterling Um Mason Mount probably deserves a spot over Ross Barkley um, and you know I think, I think Southgate's got a difficult job in, in, in integrating these players but I think it, like if he gets it right they could be so so good and the Czech Republic shouldn't be too much of a, a difficult match to actually sort of bring in this this philosophy.
0: No, and, and if we look at the previous results, obviously they've already played each other um, at Wembley. England beat them 5-0 on the opening day uh, or on the opening game of the Group uh, A qualifiers. Uh, hat-trick from Raheem Sterling in that one. So he was clearly on form. And, and England have been pretty decent. Their only loss, actually, in their last six games came in that UEFA Nations League semi-final uh, against the Netherlands, which you can argue was pretty much self-inflicted. Uh, they, were on, they took the lead. They, they were unfortunate with a couple of goals. Uh, I think it was an own goal from Carl Walker and then John Stones making a little bit of a, a mistake as well. So England are in, in good form. The last game against Kosovo maybe, though, would give the Czech Republic a little bit of confidence in the fact that England again gave away some sloppy goals in that game. Obviously, one of them was a penalty, another couple just not closing down the right players. So Czech Republic will feel like they can have a go, obviously playing at home. But I, yeah, I agree with you. I think England will be way too much of a, of a match for them. But one thing that I wanted to pick up on, and you mentioned Marcus Rashford there, and that was one thing that I wanted to, uh, to talk about. I can't see him starting... James Sancho's doing bits still in Dortmund. So he'll start on the right wing, because he's a natural right winger. Uh, Harry Kane is... Most likely going to start as the starting striker, at least against uh, the Czech Republic, possibly against Bulgaria. He might give Tammy a go to start. But you'd imagine Harry Kane is the starting striker. And you can't really look past Raheem Sterling starting out on that left because, like we said, he's probably England's best left winger. Where does Marcus Rashford actually fit in that? Because if if anyone's going to come on for Kane, it's going to be Tammy Abraham to get in minutes. So Rashford's gonna to have to come on as one of the wingers, but he's been in such dire form for Manchester United. Do you think he even deserves a space in the team?
1: I Marcus Rashford's an interesting one. So I think Man United as a whole have been pretty dire this this season. Um, and I'm not I'm not gonna delve into sort of why that is, but I think Rashford has had it's a bit of him being in very poor form, but it's also to do with the team not playing well enough for him to actually flourish. Like if we look at Tammy Abraham, like he had his loan in the Premier League to, to Swansea and everyone wrote him off because he was, um, you know, he, he hardly played very well. But like the team that you're in makes a huge difference to how you play as an individual. So like Tammy Abraham now playing for the Chelsea team is joined top goal scorer because there's quality in it. But playing for Swansea, he did really poorly. It's the same with Marcus Rashford. I think he's shown his quality before at United when they've been, you know, the team's been playing well. Um, and they've been on form, he's he's great at taking on defenders and, and getting in behind. And, you know, he's a, he's a good goal scorer. Yeah, he hasn't scored many recently and the stats aren't great for him. But, like, the quality is there for him to be able to do it. It's just because Manchester United have been so on and off in the last five years that he's been playing there that he hasn't been able to go on a continued run of form for the majority of a season. That being said, like, he's not helping himself with the way he's playing and he's not holding the ball up very well. He's losing it quite often Um, and he's not, he doesn't move the ball quick enough and get into good areas. So it is, you know, it's very easy to put all the blame on Marcus Rashford, but you've got to look at it in the context of the team and United in general, that nobody is playing well. Um, And it's very difficult for an individual player to flourish. Like um, if you look at Eden Hazard at Chelsea, like, you needed someone of that quality when the rest of the team isn't playing very well for for them to play well and even you know Chelsea have had a bad season and Eden Hazard played really poorly as well so it does take you know someone even that good can be dragged down by the team's performance so it's very difficult to isolate it but I think if he does get back up to form he does have a place in the squad because he works very well and I think in a combination of two strikers which England have done before where they've played sort of a diamond in midfield with four midfielders and then with four central midfielders and then two strikers, where you can have a Kane who's not terribly quick but holds the ball up very well and is a great goal scorer. And then Rashford who can get in behind, make runs and create space. So I think he does work very well. He's also not, if he is in form, he's not a bad option to have as if you have two strikers on the bench. Like I think Tammy Abraham is quite a similar player to Kane in a sense. He's a big, tall guy, physical, can hold the ball up. He's quicker than Kane and can get past players a bit more. So Tammy is sort of in the middle, but Rashford offers a blistering pace and, and can really get him behind like Tammy and Kane can't. So he, you know, he, it depends in in an opposition. So like in a World Cup, you need lots of different options going forward, and I think he can provide that. But it's in the current form he's in, he probably isn't, you know, capable of doing that. But Salke clearly has. Uh, Enough faith in him that, and he's done it before. That he he wants to pick him from the squad. And I think you often see sometimes players don't perform for club level, but can really perform for the national team for a various different number of scenarios. So I think he definitely does still have a place, but he really has to earn a starting spot because the competition is fierce at the moment, which can create you know take the best out of a player. Like it can bring out their the best form, but he is going to struggle. Definitely at the moment and over the next year for England.
0: Yeah, and no, I, I agree with you. I think the United team is especially has is just looks so devoid of any ideas. Whereas you look at Gareth Southgate's England team and, and they play some really fast-flowing attacking football. And that will give space for Rashford to actually run into. I, I don't think he'll get a starting spot uh, against Czech Republic. Uh, I think he probably might start against Bulgaria, probably out on the left, Callum Wilson in the middle. Um, and then, I don't know, Tammy Abraham probably might give, get a start as well. It, but it depends on what formation uh, Gareth wants to play. Uh, a couple of players that, that I wanted to talk about. Um, sort of two different sectors on this one or two different uh, ideas on this one. A lot of young players getting a call up. We've mentioned Tammy Abraham there. Uh, Tamori as well from Chelsea uh, getting called up as well. James Madison was called up, but he's unfortunately had to pull out uh, due to illness. So... There are players that, that have shown their stock in the in the Premier League this season, getting their go. But then on the flip side, there's a couple of players in there that that I'm not so sure about, and I wanted to get your opinion on it. Um, one one of those players is i forgot to mention Mason Mount as well, um, that completing that Chelsea trio, completing um, that Chelsea trio. This is this is interesting. Michael Keane is still in the team, and and I don't. And I don't really understand why, because Everton, at the time of recording, are in the relegation zone in the Premier League. They have looked poor throughout the season. And I don't really understand what he's doing right that warrants him to be called up yet again. And on the flip side, Carl Walker has been omitted again. I think that's the third squad in a row now. I don't think he's played since the Netherlands semi-final game. And I don't really understand why. I get that Trent Alexander-Arnold is is the best fit for the way Southgate maybe likes to play, but at the same time, Aaron Wambasak is injured, and Carl Walker has been a very decent, very versatile option for him. So I I was just
1: a bit confused as to why Michael Keane is in the squad and and Carl Walker. We'll start with Carl Walker first. I think. I don't understand it. it go, go back to that versatility thing in that I think it's so important to have players that can sort of play different positions and, and sort of play in the same position different ways to other players in the squad. So we, we know alexander Arnold's a very attacking fullback, which is great. But if you need that solidity in defence, say you come up against, I don't know, an Argentina who have got loads of attacking players. I know we're not playing them um, in, in these matches, but who have got very attacking and wingers. You need a player like Carl Walker that can defend probably a little bit better and is quicker than Trent Alexander-Arnold, and he can play centre back as well if need be. So I don't understand why he's not in it. I, I don't really know the reason for it, um, especially with Bissaka injured. There is a lot of good English right backs coming through with the likes of uh, Max Aarons, Van Bissaka, Reese James. Like, there's a lot of talent in that one position. Um, Trippy is still there, obviously playing for Atletico Madrid. So like. You know, that's just six players that could potentially compete in within the next year for that spot. So it it is an odd one. I think Carl Walker still is is playing really well, Um, which I don't really understand. The option would be to put him in instead of Michael Keane. I think, like the sort of the the, the Ross Barkley dilemma we've got is that he isn't playing very well for Chelsea at all, but for England he always seems to step up. Michael Keane isn't really doing that for Everton or England. Like we saw the last group of international matches he conceded that horrendous goal where he just what was it an own goal or he just did that horrendous pass like mm. um, so I just I don't really think he is good enough but the, the issue England have got is that there are, we don't have many great centre-backs and not a huge amount with experience I think Maguire is a shoe-in for the spot because yeah he might not be in great form but you know he played really well in the World Cup and he's got the experience there um, who else you pick I don't know. To be honest, on form, Tamori gets in, I think, even though it's his debut whenever he plays. like He's been phenomenal for Chelsea recently and I think Maguire is experienced enough for them to sort of form a partnership and work together well enough. Tamori's quick, compliments Maguire very well, good on the ball. So I think you'd have to go with him and then if Michael Keane is just in there for experience, which he hasn't got a huge amount of, then, you know, that's the only thing I can think of why he's in there. But, I would. I'd. I'd I'd take him out and put Carl Walker in there because we know Carl Walker can play centre back. Not terribly well in a four. He plays it quite well in a three. But like, at least he's there and you know he's a good defender. I think he's probably better than Michael Keane even at centre back. So it's a very very odd one. But um, I think it is purely just lack of um, sort of depth and maybe because he didn't have a very good match in the last round of international fixtures. Maybe Southgate just wants to reassure him and put him in the squad. For his own confidence, but um, so there there is a bit of sort of personal man management there. But um, it is a very very odd one. Um, I think there's never an England squad that everyone completely agrees with, so there might be something else going on there. But yeah, I'm not too sure about him. An an
0: interesting one, Uh, and Dean Henderson with another late call up as well. Uh, Injury to Tom Heaton means the Manchester United loanee, he's on loan at Sheffield United, could potentially make. Potentially
1: I think he has got the most clean sheets of like any goalkeeper since like sometime last year or something. Like he's he's got a lot of clean sheets. Dean Henderson. He's done really really well. Yeah, he's a he's a very decent goalkeeper,
0: you know. And and he's he's one of those players that he said coming back this season that he didn't want to leave on loan because he wanted to stake a claim for the number one shirt, which is 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 fair enough. Um, and, and very adamant shows a lot of his personality then did end up going back on loan to Sheffield United because I think he probably realized that De Gea is going to be the uh the first choice goalie but I'll be honest with you if United don't perform and if they finish way off the pace this season if something doesn't change I could see De Gea probably going somewhere um and Dean Henderson probably just being installed straight in as as number one because he's he's young and, and has the potential. But um, whether or not he'll play, I, I probably don't think he might get. He might get an opportunity ahead of Nick Pope in the um in the second game against Bulgaria because, of course, we haven't mentioned this yet. But if England do beat the Czech Republic, they've qualified for Euro twenty twenty. So,
1: I can afford to throw a lot of young players out there.
0: Exactly. If if they win this, they don't need to. They don't need to risk anyone. Obviously, Gareth Southgate would like to to top the group, um, with maximum points. And obviously, topping the group gives you. Gives you a better chance of being seeded in the actual tournament. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. If, if they win this one, they'll be on 15 points. They'll be six points clear of Czech Republic with a massively better goal difference. So they're likely to top the group anyway, unless the Czech Republic somehow get a 14 goal swing in their favour in the last two games of the group. Never uh, know. Yeah, yeah, never know. But yeah, I think it'll mean, what, be. What, uh, what do you think the scores are going to be for, for Friday? Friday night's game uh, at the Czech Republic, and then and then Monday against Bulgaria.
1: What what are you going for? Um, oh, I don't really know, but it could. I, I'm. I'd go with maybe it, four four nil against the Czech Republic, um, and then or no, I'll go three 0 against the Czech Republic, and then maybe in a bigger scoreline against Bulgaria. But I, I, it's very difficult to predict. I think. It depends how many youngsters do get starts and how well they perform. Um, I think the Czech Republic won't pose much of a threat. Um, and if Tomori starts, I hope we don't concede. So um, we'll go with 4-0 for, or 3-0 for Czech Republic. Um, and then, yeah, some higher scoreline for the Bulgaria game. What about you?
0: Yeah, I, I think it'd be interesting to see who starts for England in defence. Yeah. You'd go with Harry Maguire. I don't know, alongside him, you'd probably go... Um, Tamori, I, I guess you have to go Tamori or Joe Gomez they're yeah. the two, if they're going to play a four at the back it's going to be Tamori or Joe Gomez But
1: Gomez hasn't played very much for Liverpool at all he's been picked, you know, Matip's yeah. been, been on great form above him and then there was no choice between him and Lovren and Lovren got put in so um, he's not been, been playing very much either so to be honest, if you're basing it on Premier League minutes Tamori does sort of need to go in because he's played almost every game
0: Exactly. And, and to be fair, and, and I'll admit this, I completely forgot. Kieran Trippier's in the squad as well. Oh, he is, and is he? He's, he's in the squad as well. He's, he's had a very good start to to life at Atletico Madrid. So and maybe that's what's keeping Carl Walker out of the team. Just two, two wing-backs who share a startlingly good end product. And maybe he just doesn't like Carl Walker's end products. Maybe that could be the case. I'm not, I'm not the manager, yeah. so I don't know. I just but, don't
1: see why you'd ever play Trippier over Alexander-Arnold, so then... Walker just makes so much more sense because he's good at he's he's a much more all-rounded defender. But
0: yes, I think you'll beat the Czech Republic quite comfortably um and and Bulgaria as well. One thing before we move on from that, I know you mentioned the English England team saying they'd walk off if uh racist abuse was heard, which I think is is spot on. that's the best that's the best way to do it. I understand that fans have gone there to pay their money and I understand that people will have spent money but at the end of the day if if people are racially abusing you you have the right to just leave the pitch because then no one deserves it if there's people doing it but bulgaria the, the bulgarian fa i should say have said that england players should be punished if they
1: walk off the pitch oh that's crap isn't it that's so yeah. stupid well punishment whatever like it's not up to the bulgarian fa is it and I think if the, if the English Football Association actually did punish them, I think... well, I, mean, I, I, I can't imagine they would, then they'd come under so much stick and scrutiny that it'd be a huge mess. I just don't think anyone can be, you know, be punished for, for walking off. Like, it's... Everyone, every player that suffers racist abuse and stays on the pitch deserves a huge amount of credit. So mm-hmm. walking off is a completely acceptable thing. Like, it, it, something needs to be done. Like, walking off the pitch is going to do, you know start some sort of conversation some sort of action so it's probably a place to start like hopefully they don't need to and they can just use it as a threat and then the blame isn't on the players they've made a warning and if the, if they do receive racist abuse it's not on the players it's on the fans and everyone at the stadium so um they don't really have any reason to be punished
0: yeah no i completely completely agree with you um Right, so that, that brings us to the end of the, uh, the England chat for, for the pod. Uh, as always, we, we finish it on a few talking points. Uh, before we move on to talking points, just say uh, our predictions for, for this week will be up on our Twitter, so do go and have a look at that. It's a fun weekend for predictions because of the international games. None of the international games feature.
1: <laughs> but it's, it's all a... League One, League Two. <laughs> uh,
0: and do you know what the most gutting thing about the League One and League Two games is? literally my job on Saturday is to clip up the goals from either league one or league two games. So I basically get to see there and then how badly life, you did, how badly or how well I did. So um, that'll either make my Saturday very good or very bad. <laughs> That's so, um, brilliant. We'll see how that one goes. Uh,
1: before, point, before we do talking, we? talking points, I want to, it's not really a quiz, but All I'm right. going to read you a thing. So one football have released an article with the odds for the managers most likely to be sacked uh, this season. like So the top I managed to be sacked next with odds against them. I want you to try and guess all five. I won't make you guess the odds, but I'll tell you them afterwards.
0: Uh, is this in world football? Or no, is... in the
1: Premier League, my apologies.
0: Uh, okay, so Marco Silva's got to be on that list. Yeah, he is number
1: one with four to five odds that he'll be sacked first.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I can see Ollie's going to probably be on that list somewhere. Isn't
1: he's it? second, three to one.
0: Potch uh, third, five to one. Oh, I'm doing it in order. Yeah, next um, two more difficult. Right, it, can, it cannot be Kike Sanchez Flores, despite the fact they're bottom of the table. There is literally no way that he can already be asking to be sacked. Um,
1: oh, I hate he, to tell you, he is fifth. Is he actually? That yeah, is it's been... sixteen to one. Is it? He's been in there for what? Two games. Two games. Um, I suppose because he's already been there before. Three games. If he doesn't, sorry. three, three games, games. If he doesn't already start to make an, an impression, he will go. So they put him at sixteen to one. Yeah, it'd be so funny if he was sacked twice.
0: You know, I'm just going by teams that are doing poorly at the moment. So you'd go Daniel Farker at Norwich because they've been on a really bad run. But I think they like him too much. So maybe Steve Bruce.
1: Yeah, spot on, Steve Bruce. Twelve to one. You've done very well there. No, I think not. Yeah, Norwich. Even if they go down, I think Farker will will stay. So, um, Steve Bruce is on there. Although I don't, I don't actually think he's doing horrendously. Like he could have been a lot worse. I mean, he's not doing great, but like, um, he just beat Manchester United one 0 Well, I could beat Manchester United one 0 So anyway, there you go. I just thought I'd ask you. Um, almost much. all spot on, but uh, Flores.
0: Bloody Kike Sanchez-Flores, how, how are you already on the sack list? You've been there for three games. Um, that, that's fair. I've got, I've got time for that little managerial quiz. Um, one thing that I found uh, quite interesting from this weekend, um, you might not find it interesting, but I thought it was, uh, it was quite good. Um, and I say this weekend, I mean today. I, I literally don't know what day it is. Um, it is... Or well, yesterday. Yes, Yesterday. <laughs> Word. Um, it was the anniversary of my favourite ever save.
1: <laughs> yeah, I saw you post this.
0: It is, it is the greatest save in the world. Gregory Coupe for Leon against Barcelona, where he gets lobbed by his own defender and diving headers the ball off the bar and then somehow gets up out of the goal and tips. I think that's Rivaldo's downward header around the post it's literally my favourite save of all time. I saw it as like, well, how old was I? That was 18 years ago. So I saw it as a, as a young whippersnapper and then uh, I very promptly became a goalkeeper after that.
1: Brilliant. Is it as exciting as seeing Siva uh, Courtois concede like 30-odd goals in like 20 games or whatever it was?
0: <laughs> it's probably not as satisfying uh, as a non-Chelsea fan, but I imagine That's it's up there. Brilliant. He's a yeah, one hell of a goalie, Gregory. He Coupe and a, a great save. Um, what have you?
1: What have you got for us? Right, I've got a few things. Um, we'll start off with uh, well, we've had we've had issues with VAR this year already. Like it's the first season it's been introduced in the Premier League, and there's already a load of backlash about it. Um, but so in, in Saudi Arabia, they, they found a solution to it. Um, there was a league game going on. Uh, VAR was stopped uh, during the match when the referee went to, to look over to the screen. And it was stopped, not not officially. Um, it's because someone unplugged it to go and charge their phone. <laughs> I feel like that would save a lot of issues in uh, in the Premier League this season if a decision's taking too long.
0: That's a bit of just. Uh, I only had fourteen percent. It's not that important. <laughs> I needed to charge my phone.
1: But it was offside. Now I don't really care. It was only by two millimeters. Um, so that's the first one I thought was really funny. Um, the second one is is uh, Chelsea's new sort of director or technical director of football. Uh, Petacek, who's just retired from uh, playing football himself at Arsenal, been important in, in this his huge new job. Uh, has now gotten got another job playing for the Guildford Spitfires ice hockey team.
0: It's beautiful. I saw that and I knew you were going to go for it. So I didn't take it. It's absolutely wonderful. I love it. Do you see his message? Do you see his message as well? Yeah, it was really sweet. <laughs> so so nice. Like just went. Don't worry. It's not going to affect my ability to still do the the director. At Ch- Football, I didn't get to indulge in my in my favourite hobby that I've done for many years, and now I can do that. Yeah, I thought I it was it's
1: great. Right, it's so good. I think, like, I mean, he's still going to value the Chelsea job over everything else, but like, it's just really nice to see him sort of indulging in this in this sort of hobby. But he's clearly going to be good at it, and I think he plays keeper as well. So, like, you know, of course, stand by for some more insane saves and a uh, fifteen only fifteen goals conceded in a season. Um, and- I've not a clue how many goals you can concede in ice hockey. Um, and the final one I've got is um, Rodri, the Manchester City signing, um, has done an interview with ESPN Football. Nice. No. Um, and he said that in training he's learning tactical fouls.
0: Oh, for fuck's <laughs> <that's> sake. <laughs> no, they're not even hiding it anymore.
1: It's, it's, just, it's a big challenge for him because he never used to play that position particularly and he didn't have that role in the team. Um, <laughs> And he has, they have a lot of offensive players, but many other teams try to counterattack. And a lot of the time you're alone, but it's good for me. And he's learning to, to foul them. Um he's oh. I learned new things. How to go, when to stay, when I have to do a tactical foul, when I have to jump.
0: When I have to jump? <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's, it's just so stupid, but it's the most Manchester City thing I've ever read. It's so funny. Oh, that's that's absolutely top-notch.
0: Fair play to Roderick for just being so blase about the fact that everything that everyone's criticized City about, he's just being told to do it in training.
1: I feel like when it, when he goes next back into, into training, uh, the next day, he's going to get a bit of shit from Guardiola for that.
0: Oh, God, yeah. Oh, he's not going to... Be... As if Guardiola has to have a reason to get angry at his players. It seems like every time the camera pans over to him, he just instantly starts shouting at someone.
1: I just really hope it's like Rodri didn't really understand that tactical fouls aren't acceptable. Yeah. Or like culturally, like, acceptable and like he's just been like i don't know what i did wrong i explained what you told me in training and Guardiola's like you
0: fucking idiot <laughs> don't say it here say it I'm... in training
1: it's the other thing that i'd imagine he'd have got dropped for for fernandinho for that for the next match but of course they've run out of central defenders so fernandinho has to play in yeah. defense
0: <laughs> just drop him and just don't play it just like we're playing with 10 men rodri doesn't get the start anymore <laughs> um no that, yeah that's fair one thing that i wanted to to finish it off on to bring it completely full circle uh, did you see as roma's uh, twitter account recently
1: uh oh, are you constantly seeing a twitter account
0: they uh, they uh, posted a message yesterday just just two images the first image is them going on instagram and just clicking block becky vardy and then the second <laughs> the second image is you have successfully blocked becky vardy you can unblock them <laughs> at any time from their profile i just thought <laughs> Well played, well played, Roma. Even Roma getting in on the act. They know what they're doing. Um, right, I think that just about wraps up for this sort of mini-pod this week. Tim, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, we'll be back next week with hopefully the full complement of guests and hosts. I should say, not guests, <laughs> hosts. Um, we can only hope. We can only hope. Uh, but thank you, as always, for, for listening in. If you, uh, if you enjoyed the pod, if you didn't enjoy the pod do let us know you can leave a review on apple Podcasts or on spotify or whatever you listen to us on um and you can get us on twitter at GameTime_Pod or GametimePodcast one at gmail.com until next week enjoy the international break and
1: remember it was rebecca vardy's account dun, dun, dun.